0: Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, the COVID 19 pandemic has had a big effect on all aspects of life. uh, But for a lot of you, it has hugely impacted the way you work. And for months during lockdown, thousands of people have been working remotely, some while also caring for children. And uh, the government guidance, of course, uh, into the next phase is that people who can work from home should continue to do so. And remote working did present a lot of challenges. I don't have to tell a lot of you that, I'd say. Um, But uh, people have been resilient and adapted. But has the workplace changed forever? Will more people be pushing to work from home and have more flexibility? And could, for example, a four-day working week become the new norm? Well, I'm joined on the line uh, by Margaret Cox, who's director of ICE Group. Uh, They run Pittman training here in Limerick. And uh, Graham Burns, a good friend of the Limerick Today show, uh, of uh, CPL Recruitment Agency, is also uh, on the line. And you're both very welcome. Good morning uh, to you. Um, Margaret, I know you introduced a four-day working week as standard uh, in, I think, May of last year. Now, you would never have seen COVID-19 coming, uh, but it was working well for you, I know, because we talked to you on the show before. How has it changed during the pandemic?
1: Yes, good morning, Joe, and good morning, Graeme, another good friend of mine. Nice (laughs) to know that he's on the show with me. Hi, Graeme. Can I just say that, um, yeah, to answer your question, Joe, um, no, we didn't think last May when we made the announcement and we went live on the 1st of July that um, we would go through this incredible change in the business world um, and that people would be working from home. And indeed, the COVID crisis has been a big challenge for every business. Um, And what we believe is that the success of the four day week, the the boost that it had given to us as an organization in terms of change behaviors, change habits, adaptability and flexibility has been part of what has sustained us through this particular crisis. And um, while it all sounds lovely and, and, you know, we all kind of got excited in many ways, it wasn't such a terrible thing to have to start to work from home. For many people, there are issues, if you're working from home, there are issues with broadband sharing facilities. You know, do you have kids upstairs who are on the PlayStation as well as you trying to do a Zoom call downstairs with three or four of your customers or with your boss or whatever it is? You know, does the dog keep running out around the kitchen when you're on the kitchen table trying to do a a Zoom call? Um, Or are you sharing laptops? For many organisations, indeed our own, we weren't a laptop. Uh, company. Everybody had desktops on, on, in their office space, so I think that the the working from home and the need for flexibility will suit many organisations, will suit many people. But indeed, then if there are other organisations that it doesn't suit, maybe they should think about the four day week. For us, it's been a tremendous success. I mean, and I talk about these figures all the time. Our wellness and our cli- and our employee engagement has gone sky high. People are happier. They're making more money because they're saving money by not travelling to work on, on one out of five days. So that's a 20% saving immediately. They kept the same wages uh, for the same work but we did it in four days and productivity has gone up and we've measured this very, very closely, has gone up by 27%. So we're very happy and, with and that. And I presume
0: you were well able to stay within uh, the law around working time directives and the like.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in fairness, uh, so our our days changed from an eight-hour day to a nine-hour day. Um, There was an overall reduction of three hours in the working week. We went from a 39-hour working week to a 36-hour working week. Um, We took a half-hour lunch every day, but we still have breaks in the morning for a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or whatever you need. I mean, the whole focus, and, and I guess this is key to the change. The focus is, it's actually about getting the job done. That's what we measure now. We don't measure, are you the person in the office till seven or eight o'clock at night um, working in a vertical is the hardest. The measurement is, have you gotten the job done? Have we delivered 100% customer satisfaction? And is it working for you personally as an employee? Is it changing your life? And for us, because our mantra is, be bloody brilliant? And is it making a difference for you, for us in the organisation, as an organisation, to be bloody brilliant for all of our clients?
0: And Graham Burns from CPL Recruitment, Um, a lot of businesses might have thought, perhaps with good reason, that they couldn't manage with the majority of their workforce or a significant part of it, working from home. But the pandemic, through needs must, may have proven otherwise.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Joe, and good morning to you and good morning to Margaret. Um, good to chat, Margaret. Haven't caught up with you for a little while. But, um, yeah, an ill wind uh, brings opportunity in, in many ways. Uh, great to hear Margaret's example of uh, what, you know, a progressive company can achieve uh, when it, it challenges the norms, and that's what we've seen in the last uh, three months in particular. Uh, even within CPL, uh our, for example, our head office in uh, Dublin. Our lease is up uh, on that property come the end of uh, the end of June, uh, and we're handing the keys back. Um, which, if you said to me three or four weeks, three or four months ago, we were going to do, I'd have said uh, you're off your game. Um, but what we've now found um, is that work is something you do, not necessarily somewhere you go, um, and provided you can balance that social interaction that people definitely enjoy from the working week. And I think everyone would have to uh, agree that that's something that, you know, once we get the balance of that right, uh, we're definitely seeing the younger generation coming through who demand flexibility, who aren't all about presenteeism. And they are the ones that are definitely uh, driving uh, this particular particular change. You know, when you see Twitter or Google, uh, and the big tech companies in Dublin saying to their staff you can actually work from home for as long as you as long as you wish we will have office facilities for you but um you know what? You, you if you're uh, happy to do it we're happy with your productivity um, so please please drive on so it, it is definitely um something that uh, the, the uh, you know i think the pandemic had accelerated that would it have happened anyway probably but definitely uh, People have really accelerated that change, and you know, here, here I am, and I'm sure Marcus no different. Working from home today um, mm-hmm. is something that you know you 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 have to you definitely have to uh, have a changed set of behaviours um, because it's not the same as the office. It's not the same as getting into the car and driving in. So you, you do need to adapt. Um, but I think um, we've all shown how you know versatile. Uh, We can be, as companies and individuals, and certainly, I think, uh, the future is is, is, is quite
0: bright. Graham, um, as part of CPL recruitment, you mentioned the office in Dublin and uh, handing Mm. back the building. Um, Will you have a, a physical office in Dublin, a smaller one?
2: And we're working through the logistics of that at the moment. Um, But that will involve hot desking. So, you know, you will have certain people who will come in. It'll be a blended model. You'll be in the office for maybe two days or three days and then work from home the other times or a rotated model one week in, one week out. So we will have a presence there. And I think you you will need some sort of a, a, a presence
0: but um it's interesting you it, should mention hot desking because i'm aware of uh, companies and buildings where they're banning hot desking because of uh, covid-19 restrictions
2: well i mean all within you know the covid uh restrictions necessarily in terms of um you know cleaning and, and social distancing notwithstanding those uh restrictions um but the the hot desking uh, is definitely something where someone will come along, uh, can plug into a, an organization network with their device, be it a laptop, uh, phone, et cetera, and um, <laughs> log in to secure uh, information. doesn't matter whether you sit in desk A on a Monday or desk B on a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, you're, you're still accessing the same sort of information. But that is definitely something that, you know, you'll book your slot. Uh, and Joe will come in in the morning, and he'll sit in the studio from nine to twelve, and then um, you know he'll move on.
0: All right. And what has been the biggest challenge for you personally of working from home, Graham?
2: Um, I missed the, uh, the, the the social interaction. I mean, uh, Margaret and Joe, you both know me. I'm out and about a lot, yeah. and suddenly events were cancelled. Uh, everything is on Zoom calls, a Microsoft Team meetings. So suddenly, uh, uh, you know, one of your trademark. Tools is taken out of the toolbox, so you have to adapt. Um, and so that was for me uh, certainly the biggest challenge. Is in the first month I was, you know, I did, did genuinely struggled. Uh, but now you're you're into the, I suppose um, what we're seeing is the need to in- enforce your brand and, and ensure that your company has the opportunity to promote you and you have the opportunity to promote yourself. Once that is there, what we're now seeing is organisations and your customers will still stay in touch with you because of what you stand for as much as the personality that you would maybe brought to the event or the meeting.
0: Um, uh, Margaret Cox, from your point of view, what's been the biggest challenge uh, of working from home and maybe the biggest pleasure?
1: It's funny. I, I'm laughing at Graham. Uh, there's a distinct difference, I think, in general between uh, men and women. My biggest challenge, because my kitchen is upstairs so I would, and my bedrooms are upstairs, so I would walk from the bedroom, go through the kitchen to go downstairs to the office. My biggest problem was walking past the stupid dishwasher or the washing machine and not stopping for two minutes to put on that washing or to unpack the dishwasher or whatever. To the extent that I have to change no, no, my, Margaret, my habits,
0: men, unpack the dishwasher as well. I, Be I know, but they don't stop. Now.
1: They don't stop on their way to the office. I have no doubt that they do it. Um, but uh, that was my biggest challenge. And then um, confining work to reasonable hours. Um, you know, and and I think m- most of the people that, from our point of view, were working at home. All of a sudden, they were sending me emails at half eight at night and nine o'clock and said, oh, no, you know, you don't need to do your email. But the problem was because the laptop was on the kitchen table or it was in a place that wasn't a dedicated workspace because we don't have dedicated offices in, in many houses. And um, they kind of got drawn back into it. Oh, I'll just check my email. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's for people. We've got to. Um, educate, train, and be very clear about expectations. I know there are many organisations out there that have an expectation that you'll answer an email at any time of the day or night. I think that's
0: wrong. Yeah, and, and I think and, you've got to be
1: very clear about that.
0: You do. That. I mean, it inevitably leads to a form of burnout as well, doesn't it? We're chatting to Margaret Cox from the Ice Group and Graham Burns from CPL Recruitment uh, here in Limerick. Deirdre Clune uh, is uh, Fine Gael MEP for this constituency of Ireland South and she's on the line And now. Good morning to you, Deirdre. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Good morning, Joe. Thank you. Sorry I had connection difficulties.
0: No problem. No, I mean, you're well used over the years to split working, remote working, being in Brussels or being in Strasbourg or being back in the constituency um, here. How have things changed for you uh, during COVID-19? And I know that at a European level, you are looking at uh, remote working and flexible working.
3: Yeah. And. Personally, things have changed in that I'm not travelling as much, depending on technology. Like I was this morning now, 8 o'clock, 8 a.m. our time, 9 o'clock, and the Transport Committee was on in Brussels, and I had an opportunity to contribute there on transport issues relating to Ireland. So it's been, you know, the fact that we can connect and we can actually vote remotely now, which was um, unheard of before, but uh, we do it. So it's that point of view, it's been... Um, it's been good, but you do miss the connection and there's obviously, you know, when you're contributing at a meeting, you just had your opportunity and as I'm sure many people find it hard to, you need that, that interaction where there would be to and fro across the table. I, I do miss that. But we are looking, actually, last year, uh, the Parliament and the European Union as a whole passed a uh, directive on work-life balance and that included, uh, for the first time, the right that workers can ask for flexible work Our our remote working, which was this last year, 2019, it was uh, passed that directive and uh, every country in Europe has three years to introduce it. So um, I suppose people realise now in the middle of this COVID epidemic and what it means for working, how how valuable that that will be. Flexible work and remote working.
0: And do you have a sense of when MEPs will go back physically to Brussels or Strasbourg? And do you think in the long term you'll end up there less?
3: Um, I have a sense that, well, I, we're working remotely for the month of July as well. Uh, we can do that and all that facility is there uh, and expect to start back in presence in the Parliament in September. But I will. I do think there will be uh, a recognition that people can re- re- work remotely also. Not all the time. Uh, I think certainly getting up at f- four o'clock for a flight to Amsterdam on a Monday morning is <laughs> would probably not happen every week now. But, uh, and I think that's a good thing to get a balance. But you do need you do need the connection. Uh, but I think probably much more. I would be I'm more efficient now that I'm not spending seven, eight hours a day, or on a Monday and a Thursday travelling. Have <laughs> that time working now. Uh, but I'd like everybody. I think going, every, everybody's workplace is going to change in how how we approach it, um, and it is about productivity, and it is getting about getting the job done. And some people, uh, not surprisingly, are much better at doing it in their own home if they have the space and the place yeah. and the opportunity to that, do that.
0: That's and true, but I think at the same time, we shouldn't um, mm. give the impression that it's a utopia necessarily. No, 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 because no, uh, if you have
3: small children, if it's, not, small children it's, not, it's, it's impossible, I would think. I mean, I feel really sorry different. for people with small children. I think I think that that's that been extremely difficult for them without childcare. But at the same time, as we move forward, if we do have flexible work in place and um, maybe people working from home, maybe those who are people who have long commutes, leaving children's creches early in the morning, commuting into Dublin or Limerick or Galway or, or wherever, that um, they will uh, now find that maybe working from home, they can utilise the local creche five minutes down the road, they're nearer their children, uh, they can maybe meet with them at lunchtime or call in, you know, that that type of thing. So I think it'll be from a, from an overall um, quality of life perspective. I think we're mm. facing into a much better um, and more satisfactory era for, for parents with young children. that they can, they yeah, will actually no. get an opportunity to balance both.
0: No, Deirdre, you come from a very long and uh, uh, finnegale mm. tradition, um, and you may find yourself in government with. Funeral next week. I'm going to talk to Mihol Martin actually later oh, yes. the funeral leader mm-hmm. uh, on on the show. Um, how are you feeling in your bones about that?
3: Apprehensive, um, um, you know. All of that change, change always apprehensive about change. Changes always, you know, not not unsettling, but it, it bring it, it can bring uh, some challenges. But you know, I think um no no party won an overall majority when well, i don't think it i know it from the last election and I think this is an opportunity for for Finanier to be in government to have an imp- an opportunity to implement uh policies that they would like to see i think it's an exciting program for government if we can settle down and start to implement that that will be good um and you know as if you know, situation where nobody envisaged when we were voting last february uh COVID-19 and what it would mean and I don't think anybody would thank any politician for for going back to the country now for another general election, just get on with it that's the card you've been dealt, get on with it and uh, put a government together and let's get the
0: country going again. It's absolutely amazing. You know, I mean, we obviously we covered the, the Limerick constituency counts, um, as you'd expect, in, in February. And every time I think of it, it feels like it was a decade ago. It's just amazing. Yes, it's it re- February.
3: Yeah, it it it's,
0: really is. It's just yeah. extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um so and much happened. Graham Burns, one other question for you. Um, how has the recruitment changed during the pandemic? Um
2: done more on a virtual um, basis uh, than ever before. For example, the face-to-face interview just cannot happen. Um, so we're seeing lots more telephone and uh, Zoom uh, interviews being done. Uh, and in fact, um, you know, one particular organisation that we've been working with during this particular time uh, has uh, completely virtually onboarded maybe 15 or 20 staff, and that includes um, you know, shipping out laptops and headsets to their houses, uh, and then onboarding them through various induction programs, uh, and getting them up and running in their first uh, couple of weeks of employment without actually having, haven't even met any, haven't met them before, or any of their colleagues. So again, if you just said that to me at the turn of the year, I'd have I'd have laughed at you. So um, you know, necessity uh, really kind of does uh, bring about innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it 's the other way around, so the uh the, the, the landscape has changed yeah. and look equally too and um, we 've seen companies that are struggling i mean the, the fact that uh you know significant numbers of businesses closed um uh, you 've only seen the unemployment figures to know exactly where where we are so uh, like any uh, organization um you know we 've seen uh, our share of challenges too but sure. but definitely uh, in the last couple of weeks,' starting to see things um up and having more conversations about people, about more positive view of uh, of where we are, right. all based on some great you know, figures coming out of the public health arena.
0: OK, OK. Well, listen, thank you very much. It's quite clear from talking to the three of you that uh, the workplace has been reshaped uh, during this pandemic and and it may not end up exactly where it is now as we slowly come out of the pandemic, but certainly uh, it'll look different in the medium to long term. I don't think there's any question about that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for uh, your views and your expertise. This morning, Deirdre Clune, a Finnegale MEP, for this constituency of Ireland South, Margaret Cox from the ICE Group, and they run Pittman training here in Limerick and Graham Barnes from CPL Recruitment in Limerick Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95